basically this twofold punch, so to speak, of one, finding out I'm going to be a dad. Super excited. Uh, you know, we, obviously we went out and we celebrated. And then about six weeks later, uh, losing the baby and going through that with my wife. These two like huge events, I felt like I was in the Matrix when that first scene when like Neo's on the rooftop and they're firing the bullets and it's like like everything slows down and these bullets are going by at like super slow-mo and I just felt like for like a month I felt like that where I'm all these things that had been coming at me and just the urgency of my job now felt so trivial and so manageable, so to speak. Like I could just see them and I could see like, they're just so small. And what used to feel things that were so important just felt so unimportant all of a sudden. Sean Blanc is our featured guest for episode 55 of the Reboots podcast. Sean is a husband and a father and he's known across the interwebs far and wide for The Sweet Setup, a website centered on reviewing tech devices and software. Now, Sean is a self-described nerd, but oh my goodness, there's so much more to Sean than tech. In fact, Sean's current focus is, well, focus. He, he builds products and courses designed to help people do meaningful work instead of just talking about it or fretting over dreams that could be but aren't, and enjoying life and the people we love, even as we're chasing those audacious goals. In this episode, Sean talks about his journaling practice and how he's flipped the notion of writing a book on its head and instead created a product that could and does help people learn to change behaviors. Plus, Sean talks about the difficult season in his life following his wife's miscarriage. Sean also has a special offer just for Reboots listeners who are interested in learning about the elements of focus. Let's get to it. Hey there, you're dialed into Reboots, featuring stories about people who have been forced to start over in life or in business, all walks of life, anonymous or named, high profile or low down, stories with heart, soul, and grit. Because knowing and sharing our stories is essential for living a life of joy, experiencing healthy relationships, and impacting the world around us in a positive way. Here's your host, Tracy Winchell. Sean, thanks for inviting us into your life today, my brother. I know you're a busy guy. It's awesome that you're taking some time in early September to uh, sit down and visit with us for a few minutes. Yeah, thanks, Tracy. It's a, my pleasure to be here, for sure. You even have something special for our guests. Tell me what you've got in mind for us and, and how our guests are going to get to it. Because as soon as they get to know you, they're going to be interested in implementing some of the strategies that you talk about. Uh, yeah, we have a video course on our site. It's called The Elements of Focus, and it's just kind of a Kind of simple introduction primer for a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about on the show today related to the creative stuff, being productive, being focused with your time and attention. So we're going to set that up for you guys. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I've taken a few of your, I hate to use the word nerdy, but let's be real. I love the word nerdy. <laughs> let's go. Let's get real. nerdy. You know, the Ulysses course has been amazing. I'm a huge fan of day one and I've got that course 
And I just checked out your uh, Good Notes course mm-hmm. and all the things. I, I refer to your stuff and all the things all the time. It helps me stay on, on track. Uh, thank you. The first thing I want to dive into is just tell me what your life is like today. <laughs> well, uh I'll start with the fun part. So my wife and I have been married almost 15 years and we've got three boys. So our house is crazy. <laughs> my oldest is seven. We've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old and a couple of the birthdays are coming up actually in the next week. So lots of pool parties and lots of Legos and, and birthday cakes. So that's a lot of fun. We just got back from a summer in Colorado. We had a bunch of family out there. So we like to get out to Colorado whenever we can. And on the work front, I'm actually in my home office right now. I work from the basement in my own space down here. Uh, my team, a couple of people here in Kansas City and, and several others uh, around the country. And we have several full-time people as well as several contractors on retainer. And we do a couple different websites. So when you were mentioning just now with the different productivity and the app stuff, uh, that site is called The Suite Setup. And basically, we review the best apps. So we'll go through hundreds and hundreds of apps in different categories, and we'll find the best ones, uh, the best calendar app, the best to-do app, the best uh, white noise app is one that we're you know getting ready to dig into right now. Really? So just different ones like that. It's fun. So that way, you know, it saves you time to find the stuff that's cool. And uh, I'm a huge fan of just awesome, well-designed, kind of delightful apps. I mean, I was in line for the iPhone when they first came out, in line for the iPad when it first came out. (laughs) Just a huge Mac nerd. And so I like to kind of use the best of the best and helping other people find that as well. And we have another website called The Focus Course. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the foundational stuff for a lot of the productivity and creativity topics that we dig into is rooted in that in The Focus Course. Uh, it's like our flagship training for that. And there's a lot of stuff on there around time management. We just recently came out with a course on a topic called margin, which is basically um, having breathing room in mm-hmm. kind of key areas of your life, your schedule, your emotions, your creativity, having that breathing room so you can sort of be present and being able to thrive in the midst of a lot of the craziness. Uh, you know, like I said, with three boys, it's very crazy, but you know, I feel like I'm able to be pretty present as a dad and pretty present for my work as well. And uh, not feeling the need to pit those against each other, but being able to embrace both of them. So, Wow. Uh, and I'm fascinated by the, the problem that people solve. So when I ran across the quote about the problem that you solve, I just knew I had to ask you about it. All right. So the problem you solve, as I understand it, and this is a quote from your website, helping people do their best creative work while learning to thrive in the midst of life's tensions. So walk me through that real quick, if you would. Yeah, so best creative work is a phrase. Uh, I probably heard it somewhere, maybe. I don't know. I've been you know, using that phrase for maybe 10 years now. And the idea behind it is the expression of what's something that you're interested in, what's a passion that you have, and feeling like you have the capacity and the space in order to do that creative work. And I have a good friend who's an engineer, but he's got some autonomy in his day and he works with people and and does some management stuff related to engineering. And you wouldn't usually think of like an engineering manager as someone who does 
creative work. But he is like, absolutely, I have autonomy with my day. I have some freedom for how I structure the things that I do, how I lead some of my meetings. And to him, that is creativity. And so being able to explore that, being able to show up on a consistent basis and improve the things that he has control over. And then I think for those of us who look at it more on uh, maybe the more traditional definition of creativity in terms of art or leadership or just expressing emotions and feelings, um, you know, photography and writing and video videography, as well as even, you know, podcasting, I think is, is a very creative format where you're just creating something that yeah. didn't exist and now it does exist. And I think that's awesome. And I love that. And a lot of times we hit walls that come up against doing the creative work. So there's just the resistance that Stephen Pressfield talks about mm -hmm. in his book. And so a lot of these come as perfectionism is a huge one, the self-doubt, the fear, lack of time, lack of diligence, lack of focus. And so these are all sort of challenges that come from the outside as well as with the inside of showing up and, and doing that creative work. And so when we feel like we're doing our best creative work or like we're giving it what we've got, there's that element of like, I'm on the road to mastery and I, there's a joy, there's a delight there. I think then when we feel like we're just putting stuff out there that we're not proud of, or we don't feel is that great or whatever it may be. So, uh, you know, liking wanting people to feel like they're doing their best creative work. And then the whole idea of thriving in the midst of life's tensions is the fact that there are always going to be tensions in life. Like we don't get free and clear of the things that cause us stress or the things that bring fear or doubt or concern or anxiety or just craziness or, you know, sometimes schedules are busy and whatever in all the different areas of our life with finances and relationships and everything. It's like the tension doesn't really ever go away. And so trying to get into this utopian, stress-free, everything's perfect that's not really how life is, but the idea that you can still thrive, you can still be present, you can still be joyful, you can still choose to be grateful and content and happy in the midst of that and actually still be productive, still be creative, still show up for the people that that matter to you, still show up for the work that, that matters to you. You can absolutely do that. And so it's that thriving uh, in every area of your life in the midst of the, the various tensions that life still presents. So that's kind of the overview of those two little phrases. At what point within the suite setup where, you know, you talked a lot about productivity, you did reviews on apps, stuff like that. At what point did you say, wait a minute, I need to help people solve a problem about all of these things that, you know, productivity is pretty often viewed as making humans into machines who do more work and more work and more work. And what you've done is said, hey, the world needs less overwhelm and more of being present. At what point did you go, whoa, there's an opportunity here and there's a need? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've always kind of been a productivity nerd, time management nerd. A lot of it started gosh, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago from a sermon that I heard from my pastor when I was at church one day. And he just talked about living a life with focus. And he gave some clear examples and, and some structure and uh, that really just kind of hit home for me. And I, I kind of began to run with that in terms of 
a, a values-based approach towards productivity, values-based approach towards time management. And, you know, having that vision and value be first and then everything coming out of that. So you've got this clear why that's helping drive all of the what that you're doing. And so anyway, so I was always kind of interested and nerdy about that anyways. So the suite setup came out in 2013 and I also had another blog, just a personal blog, seanbunk.net, and I had a podcast there and I was recording some podcast episodes and I was like, hey, you know, I've got this framework around productivity that I've been using for a long time. We're going to do a series on the show about that. And it was like the most response, like mm. just everyone's like, yes, more of this, please. Like, this is really interesting. So I'm like, okay, there's something here. So I decided like, well, hey, I'll write a book about this. And uh, as I was writing the book, I basically realized that like people are going to read this book. Uh, like I do, I've got, you can't see, but I've got a whole bunch of books over here and some over here. And for me, a lot of the books I'm, I would read, I'll like highlight them and, you know, maybe make notes on the pages, but don't often apply the ideas. It's hard to take that stuff and actually do it. Uh, for example, like right now we're going through a class for one of our websites. We're going through some coaching stuff and they're you know helping us with improving our website and some of the flow that we're trying to get with there as people visit the website and, and sign up for our newsletter and things like that. And this class that we're doing, it's hands-on, it's live, and there's certain assignments that you have to do each week, and there's like an accountability to doing it live and in real time. That's Brian Harris's accelerator. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, I'm missing yes. that right now too, brother. Okay, <laughs> so we're we're working with that, and what I like about this approach is that like there's this action centricness to it, and so a lot of times with books, man, I have I read this book, but applying the principles to your life or actually taking action on it is really, really hard. And I felt like if I were to write a book, it wouldn't have the sort of impact that I wanted it to have mm -hmm. on people. Cause I'm like, I want you to like apply this stuff. And the wisdom is in the doing. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, if I had made it an online course and you know, this is almost five years ago now. So uh, this is a little bit newer in the online course scene. I was like, well, if it's, it was a course, but I could do, I could do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And it could be, action first. So instead of a bunch of teaching, it could be a bunch of assignments, a bunch of actions. And so that was kind of the idea behind the focus course. So I took the whole book and like turned it upside down and, and rewrote everything. Hmm. And it was basically, it was like, here's an assignment to do this one thing today. So the very first thing we do in the focus course is you set out your clothes that you're going to wear tomorrow, like tonight before you go to bed, you set them out. And people are like, why in the world am I putting my underwear out and my shirt and my pants for tomorrow. What does this have to do with, with productivity and focus? And I'm like, just do this. And then we'll talk about it more later. And the, the principle behind it is this idea that you have basically set out uh, your clothes for tomorrow. And then tomorrow you get up in the morning and you put them on and you made a commitment to yourself and you followed through with it. And we call that personal integrity. And that is one of the foundational concepts behind the entire course with productivity, with focus, with diligence, with goal setting, time management, all of it is like, it's not worth two figs if you don't have this personal integrity to actually do what you say you're going to do. And so we we like, hey, here's a little example of like a little quick win of saying you're going to do something and then following through. And now you've kept a commitment to yourself. It's just huge. And so I'm like, well, instead of talking about personal integrity, let's do personal integrity. And so the whole first week of the focus course itself is all that. It's it's talking through 
the personal integrity. We talk about creativity. We talk about um, ideation. We talk about gratitude. We talk about simplifying things. We talk about rest, kind of all these core principles. It's all learned by doing. So there's an activity that you do every day. And then um, we explain it quite a bit. So there's a ton of supporting material and the science and the research and the articles that go with it uh, as well. But it's very action centric. Um, and so that was kind of the idea behind that. And so it sort of happened outside of the suite setup. You know, we're doing the, the app reviews and the app picks and the workflows and things like that. And the focus course sort of came as its own other project. But for me, because they're both websites and content uh, sites that I've created, they both have this joining sort of DNA or this kind of, they're both my kids, I guess you could say. Uh, so they have a little bit of me in each of them. And one's like the nerdy, the productive stuff. So it's like the tools that you use, the apps that you use for creating and for being focused and for being productive. And then on the focus course side, it's the actual, the mindsets and the principles behind it that are, you know, it doesn't matter what the tools you use from the focus course. It's like, you know, this is about being focused. It's about living that focused life, getting out from the overwhelm, being more creative. And then if you're interested in the tools that he's like, we'll talk about that on the suite setup. So that's kind of how they, they go together, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And I've started a little kind of side podcast segment about how people journal. Mm -hmm. And while I ask people about the tools they use, that's kind of not the point of the journaling. Right. And what I'm learning is that my listeners are saying, oh, wow, I thought journaling was some big, whole, complicated thing, but it's really something I can do on the back of an index card, and mm -hmm. or I can put it in my date book, and that's fine, right? Mm -hmm. We get so hung up on the stuff, and I'm guilty of buying all sorts of note-taking apps, but it becomes, for me, as simple as writing it down, right? So yes. tell me about your journaling techniques, because I know you've tried a lot of different things too, and I'm intrigued by how you shift and you're not afraid to experiment. And I think that's healthy. When you know what your base habit is like, what you're going to have to do every day in order to create a good mindset and know who you are, I think experimenting is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Walk me through your journaling habits and how they've evolved. Oh, sure. Well, well, I guess we'll start at the beginning. So I used to have just the moleskin and a generic pen. And it was just, you know, from time to time, write something down in the, in the notebook, just whatever I'm, I'm thinking or, you know, working through something. So just journal stuff uh, here and there. And it wasn't too much of a routine, but it was like regular. So it was part of my regular life and, and I had a regular journal, but it wasn't like a daily practice. And then over the years, I've, like you said, I've experimented with different stuff, tried different stuff. And there's also like, I have different styles of journaling, so to speak. So now kind of my, my main two components are day one as an app. Mm -hmm. And I use it on my iPhone and my iPad and, um, I'll throw images in there, highlights from the day, highlights from the week. A lot of times if I'm working through stuff, so this is where I do a lot of my long form journaling, where I'm doing reviewing and just processing things I'm thinking about, or if someone sends me an encouraging text message or my kids write me their birthday card, like I'll take a picture of it and I'll save it into day one, you know, just things like that. So anything that's just, this is just an, a neat memory or this is special or this is important or whatever it may be, or stuff I'm really thinking through and working through. So pretty much all that goes into day one. And then 
I also use a Baron Fig notebook. I kind of use that to map out my day. So I'm writing out my most important tasks for the day. I'm, I'm writing out my schedule for the day. Uh, though I've been actually experimenting with doing it on the iPad lately, but the concept is the same of mapping out my most important tasks, my schedule, uh, making notes of what's happening. And then I have a little um, one day sort of tracker uh, for the whole month. And I'll have one line where I can just write down, I usually write down my highlight of the day. What was the one thing, the highlight of the day, whatever that may be. And then I've got a few boxes as well for check marking the habits that I'm working on right now, the, the areas that I'm trying to kind of consistently show up every day for. A lot of that includes my exercise, time for reading nonfiction books, time for personal kind of quiet time, time with my family, and then time to create and to write. And so those are kind of like the key things that I'm focusing on and just, you know, tracking. Did I work out today? Did I take time to read a chapter today? Did I spend 20 minutes writing or whatever, maybe, and just kind of check the, that. And so that's sort of a, a quick little, what was the highlight of the day and how did I hit my habits? And that's been really cool um, just for not only measuring and keeping track of that, the daily habits and the routines, which is it's just really helpful for continuing to do them. Uh, but then the one highlight, it's just been cool to look back at a month like, wow, all those things happened. And, you know, this highlight and this highlight. And then it's, it's just kind of fun to be able to, to look back at that. The, I, I just started it this year. So just being able to look back over the whole year. And I haven't done every single day, but I've done quite a few. And that's kind of my journaling structure now at this point in terms of the, the retroactive, reflective stuff and, and tracking. But you also mentioned, quote unquote, the note. Yeah. Which is a different... You know, it's still, yeah. it's journal-esque, but it's, it's a little yeah. bit uh, different. And I failed at that, and I'm glad I did. <laughs> it turned out to be awesome. So tell me about your note. I love that. So this started, this is very similar to what I do now with mapping out my most important tasks and my schedule. Well, I'll say how it started. Uh, so it started seven, eight, nine years ago, where I would get up in the morning to, to work. When I started working for myself, I've been an indie kind of entrepreneur and, and blogger for uh, almost nine years now. Mm. It used to be, I would start in the morning and I would sit down on my computer and I would just goof off for like two hours. And like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, all right, how many people visited my website last night? And what emails do I have? <laughs> yes. And uh, what's the news that's out there? And so it was just <laughs> the, the first couple hours of my morning were just shallow, just shallow work. Sometimes things that were important maybe, but not necessarily urgent and definitely not like deep focused work. But for me, that first time in the morning is when I'm most fresh. I've got the, the most amount of just mental energy to do the hard, deep work of the day. And so it's like I found that I would come down to, to do the work, but because I didn't necessarily have a focus at that moment, then like it was easy to say like, well, I don't know what to write about right now. I'm not sure what to do. So I will just check some inboxes and check some other stuff instead of sitting down to do intentional focused work. So what I started doing was uh, the end of the day when I was like thinking about tomorrow, I would write down, this is the topic that I'm going to write about tomorrow, or this is the article I'm going to work on or whatever it is. This is my deep work focus first thing tomorrow when I come down. Uh, Hemingway would kind of do something similar to this. He would be writing and he would hit like a stride toward the end of his day and he would like stop when he was sort of in the middle of it. And he would let that momentum sort of 
brewed and stew overnight and then he would be excited to pick back up the next day. And so that was sort of the similar thought where I would pre-decide what my deep work focus was going to be. And then in the morning, I would come down and, you know, seven or eight o'clock in the morning, sit down on my keyboard. And like right there was a three and a half by five index card with a big Sharpie and like topic. This is what you're writing about, Sean. You know, it's X iPhone app or it's this idea on creativity or it's this other, you know, thing like rumors about the iPhone or whatever, you know, nerdy or productive or creative thing uh, I might want to write about. But I was like prepared ahead of time. And then I'd been thinking about it for the last, you know, 12 hours. And so I'm kind of like already ready to go and start writing about it. And then that completely helped rearrange my morning. So the first thing I would do, I'm, I'm doing this focused work time and I know what to write about. So then I had singular focus to be able to sit down and write about a specific topic and just go for it instead of sitting down to write, but then first having to think of, well, what am I going to write about? Like that got taken care of by having the note. That's brilliant. And I've recently started doing it successfully just in the last five or six days because I've committed to write at least 500 words a day in September. Mm -hmm. And I've got so many different things that I need to be writing about. But when I know that I've got an hour dedicated to that, if I don't predetermine what I'm going to write about, it's easy for me to sit around and say, spend the first half hour saying, well, I don't know which of these five things I need to write about. So thank you for that. It's, it's helping me a lot right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. So as we, <laughs> as we wrap up, I need to let you go. We exchanged a little bit of communication beforehand to help both of us prepare for this interview. And I always like to leave our listeners with, with something that gives them encouragement. And so your response to that question was, when you go through a difficult season of life, the things that matter most often become quite clear. Can you expound on that just a little bit? <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> there's a lot behind that little phrase. So there's like two examples that I have that most represent what that phrase means. And I'll just share briefly. In 2010, uh, my wife and I were pregnant with our our first pregnancy and ended up miscarrying in the, in the first trimester, which is um, mm. not uncommon, but, but pretty common. But that was a really, it was a very challenging season for us. And uh, at the time, I was a marketing director. I was a creative director for a pretty large ministry. I was working about 70 to 80 hours a week. And I've written about it before, but basically this twofold punch, so to speak, of one, finding out I'm going to be a dad. Super excited. Uh, you know, obviously, we went out and we celebrated. And then about six weeks later, uh, losing the baby and going through that with my wife these two like huge events, I felt like I was in the matrix. Uh, when that first scene, when like Neo's on the rooftop and they're firing the bullets and it's like, like everything slows down and these bullets are going by at like super slow-mo. And I just felt like for like a month, I felt like that where I'm all these things that had been coming at me and just the urgency of my job now felt so trivial and so like manageable, so to speak. Like I could just see them and I could see like, they're just so small, like so tiny. And what used to feel things that were so important just felt so unimportant all of a sudden. 
And uh, I realized, I'm like, well, I don't want to stay here forever. Like the work I'm doing now as creative director, uh, I loved it, but I realized this is not where I want to be long term. And I have this other, I had a blog where I was writing a couple times a week and had been doing that on the side for a few years. And I realized I wanted to do more of that and I wanted to turn it into a business and I wanted to build my own team and grow and expand the the work that we're doing, the audience that we're able to reach and the people we're able to serve. And that basically all became very clear to me in the midst of this super difficult and kind of first challenging experience my wife and I had ever been through together as a couple. That was sort of ours. You know, we'd lost grandparents and, and other friends and family together, but never like something that was sort of our initial traumatic experience together. And so not only did it bring me a lot of clarity about my career, but it also brought my wife and I up significantly closer together and and kind of brought some clarity too, just to my personal life and my family life and how I was spending my time. So that's kind of what I meant by that was a lot of times when you go through these difficult seasons, sort of like the things that were initially like often those urgent things that always seem to take up so much of our time and attention that we're rising to the top. Uh, a lot of times when you go through a traumatic season or something that's very difficult, you suddenly realize this doesn't matter. And this other thing over here matters a lot. And you get that clarity about it. And then having the courage to make a decision in the midst of that clarity is uh, is something else that yeah, I, would, I would encourage people to do. When you get that clarity, take some action on it. Uh, maybe not necessarily life-changing action. Obviously, you know, I, I decided to, to quit my job and start a blog, but I spent several months researching and preparing and, and seeking counsel from older, wiser people and, and getting uh, feedback instead of doing something hastily. But I had that moment of clarity and I began to move forward to take action on it. So, Is it fair to say that your focus courses help someone maybe in that situation, maybe not, but to just say... I know I need to make a change, but rather than just whipsaw and go willy-nilly, for lack of a better term, let me be deliberate and purposeful at making that change. Is is that kind of what you teach in the focus courses? Absolutely. Yeah. So in the elements of focus, which we talked about earlier at the beginning, we don't dig into it too much, but uh, we talk about some of the, the outlining principles. Within the focus course itself, there's a whole roadmap, kind of a, a framework that we walk through. We call it the five components of a focused life. And it starts with your vision and your values, and it goes to your goals, and then your action plan for those goals, and then the schedule and the calendar for, for managing your time to, to make progress. And we talk about habits and routines um, and how that all sort of fits together. And a lot of people will go through the course when they're in the midst of transition, uh, when, you know, I've, I've had people go through it when they get a new job or when they lose their job. A lot of people, when they retire, they're sort of like, I need some clarity about where to go next. And that's sort of exactly, that's not the only thing that the course does, but that's a, a huge uh, demographic of people that go through it is when they're in the midst of that transition. So our listeners can get access to a portion of that at thefocuscourse.com forward slash reboots, right? That's correct. Focuscourse.com slash reboots. I'll give you the last word, Sean. The last word is thank you. Just an honor and a pleasure to get the chance to to share and, and connect and hopefully bring some interesting advice and hopefully a little bit of inspiration to your fine audience of discerning listeners. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for your time, Sean. Yeah, my pleasure, Tracy. Really, thank you so much. If you're interested in tech devices and app reviews, have a look at thesweetsetup.com. For more information about Sean and the Focus Course, check out thefocuscourse.com forward slash reboots for a special offer. There will be a link in our show notes. Thank you so much for your time, Sean, and thank you even more for the note. For the Reboots Podcast, I'm Tracy Winchell, and we'll see you next time. We hope this episode has helped you in some way. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe someone you care about might benefit from the Reboots Podcast. It's easy to share from our website, rebootspodcast.com. The Reboots Podcast is a production of Winchell Storyworks Incorporated, a company dedicated to helping businesses and individuals know, share, and live their stories in order to impact the world around us in a positive way and to achieve financial freedom.